Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 12, Rare Disease Day 2022. Welcome to this first episode of 2022. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. A rare disease is defined by Congress as a condition that affects fewer than 200,000 people in the U.S. The Orphan Drug Act of 1983 solidified this definition, and it's where the term orphan disease was coined because drug companies did not want to adopt these rare disorders to develop treatments. Approximately 30 million Americans suffer with a rare disease and struggle every day to find better treatments to make living with their rare condition just a little more bearable. On today's episode, we'll talk a bit about this struggle and how rare disease patients and families around the world are finding the strength to stand up and fight back. Through my conversation with Debbie Drell, the Director of Membership for NORD, we'll also discover some of the wonderful work that NORD is doing through the Rare Disease Day movement and ways that you can get involved to show your stripes. And we'll also hear a couple of patient stories along the way. So let's get started. Hello, and a very special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. When living with a rare disease, it can be difficult to find community, and many struggle with feeling isolated and alone. Additionally, often rare disease patients and families want some way to fight back. But these are just a few of the reasons why organizations such as the National Organization for Rare Disorders, or NORD, exist. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking with NORD's Director of Membership, Debbie Drell, and discussing some of the things that NORD does to provide assistance and resources to rare disease patients and their families. So Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So why don't you start off by by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and a little bit about what you do at NORD. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Debbie Drell. I'm the director of membership at NORD. I've been at NORD for five years this March. And um, my sister was diagnosed with a rare disease in 1998. It's a life-threatening cardiopulmonary disease that within two years, if left undiagnosed, people have a 50% chance of dying from the disease. And, um, And it was really devastating on our family when my sister was diagnosed. Uh, As a result of her diagnosis, I started working at the Pulmonary Hypertension Association. That's a NORD member organization, just like the Histiocytosis Association. And I fell in love with rare disease nonprofits. And like you opened up and said, you know, how do you get involved and fight back? Like that's when I, when she was first diagnosed, that's all I wanted to do. I just, I can't have the disease for her. So what can I do to help her? And, you know, all I thought was possible was writing a letter to my member of Congress. And in working in nonprofits, I've learned so much. And, um, and I loved working at the Pulmonary Hypertension Association and coming to NORD five years ago was just a beautiful evolution because NORD is, I call it the mothership, you know, all 7,000 rare diseases, all 30 million Americans living with rare diseases. Uh, this is it. This is the the last stop, the organization that really just brings everybody together. So we're less rare and have a more powerful voice. And uh, you know, my job at NORD is perfect because I work with the hundreds of organizations that are members and the thousand organizations that we support in general. And so I'm working with PHA and all these other groups and I love it. It's just, 
uh, really a passion of mine to support the communities through nonprofits. That's fantastic. I think I think a lot of times, um, especially when we you're in, at your adult stage and dealing with a rare disease, it can be really difficult to kind of ad, advocate for yourself. So I think that's why um, organizations such as Nord and um, family members are so important in in this fight against rare diseases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just the individual living with the rare disease, but the whole community, the whole world needs to support uh, rare diseases. And when we think about COVID, like this really does show how important it is for public health, for um, protecting immunocompromised patients, all these cancers that are rare, that are immunocompromised. The world is now, and of course, the United States, especially very much more attuned to and mm-hmm. sensitive to people's yeah. comorbidities. Um, so we're living in a world now where people are aware and care a little bit more, even if they're not directly impacted. Right, right. Maybe one of the blessings in disguise of COVID, right? Right. <laughs> in this podcast episode in particular, I wanted to include a couple of patient stories in their own words, so we can all better understand the struggles that these patients face. So let's hear from histio patient Ray right now. Hey guys, my name is Ray. I am 17, three years in remission, and was diagnosed with familial hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis. Uh, Sorry, it took me forever to learn how to say that, by the way. Um, Or in other words, HLH. At 14 years old. My case is unique in that through my diagnosis, we found out my mother's as well. For years, my family couldn't understand the hows and whys were passing. But thankfully, we now have answers. Uh, truthfully, histiocytosis has impacted every factor of my life, from my mother's death to my daily routines, academic decisions, career paths, as well as manifesting in various chronic illnesses um, that I have been learning to manage for the past three years. It is admittedly hard at times, but thankfully I have my family, all of you guys, the wonderful histiocytosis community, um, and my wonderful medical team taught me fight. So thank you. Wow, Ray, thank you so much for sharing your powerful story with us. It's because of patients like you that the Histiocytosis Association proudly partners with Nord to promote Rare Disease Day and raise awareness about this orphan disease. Now let's get back to my interview with Debbie Drell. Well, for those listeners who might not know, what what is it that, that Nord does exactly? Tell us a little bit about the organization. Yeah, so Nord is a the leading nonprofit organization in the country that serves all 30 million Americans and all of the rare disease nonprofits. And we do a little bit of everything. We have a patient assistance program that literally supports millions of dollars in um, patient access to clinical trials, medical care, and even caregiver respite support. And if a rare disease patient wants a medic alert bracelet, we have a partnership that you can get a free bracelet. Like we just, we do so much. That's just one tip of the iceberg on direct impact to patients. We also help protect the Orphan Drug Act, which allows for um, marketplace exclusivity and really just generates uh, drug development for rare diseases. And if you are living with a rare disease, a lot of people want a treatment. They want their lives to be a little bit easier. They want the disease to have a little bit less impact. And so we do that through policy. We do that through education. We offer support. And we know that nonprofits exist in the space. And so 
If there isn't a nonprofit, we help you start one if you want to. And if there is a nonprofit, we put all of our energy in supporting the work that they do. So uh, it's a really holistic approach um, with policy education and uh, nonprofit work and even direct patient assistance. Awesome. I love the way earlier you referred to it as kind of the mothership for for all of the, the various rare disease organizations and just a place where people can go. That's a, it's a fantastic. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned that there are approximately 30 million people that suffer with a rare disease. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the estimates are going to vary depending on how you define it, but we define it through uh, the U S food and drug administration, which is a population of under 200,000. And, um, and that's people who are diagnosed. There's a whole swath of people that are not yet diagnosed that are going through the diagnosis process and there, you know, anytime there's a genetic mutation, uh, it could create or develop into a rare disease. And so, you know, our genome is very long. There's a, the, we know that the number of rare diseases being discovered every year is growing. So um, there isn't one main source, uh, but we do know that if it's 30 million, it's one in 10 Americans. And that's probably an underestimation. Wow. But, and that's one of the things I know that we here at the Histiocytosis Association are very involved in trying to progress the early diagnosis so that we can we can get these patients diagnosed and start their treatment earlier because we know that early treatment is key to being able to manage a disease a little more successfully. Yeah, absolutely. So do you know how many rare diseases there are? So the number we're using based on prevalence um, of under 200,000 is 7,000 rare diseases. Wow. Wow. Why, why would you say that um, resources and organizations such as NORD are important to patients and families when they're on their journey? Well, I can tell you my personal story um, and then, you know, talk about other resources, but I love telling my personal story because it's sometimes hard to grasp how a nonprofit can save a person's life. But when my sister was diagnosed in 1998, um, I didn't know if there was a community. I didn't know if there were doctors treating it. I just knew that it was a rare disease. And all the information that we Googled or that was available online in 1998 was very dismal. It was bad. Um, And what I learned after her diagnosis was that a group of patients wrote letters to each other to NORD actually, they wrote letters to NORD to try to find other patients and NORD connected uh, these patients in the early nineties. And there was only 187 in a registry by the NIH at the time. And those patients came together at a kitchen table in Florida, founded a nonprofit, the Pulmonary Hypertension Association, and they researched and fundraised, uh, which eventually led to the development of a treatment. And if those patients hadn't contacted NORD, they might not have found each other in the time. And mm-hmm. NORD, NORD supported them in their drug development and their fundraising, leading to this treatment. That treatment literally saved my sister's life. Wow. She, she was on the verge of death and that treatment saved her life. So when I found out all of this, I realized that if you have a community and that community is connected and they're supporting each other and they're getting insider information, not insider, but just information that you're not born knowing, like drug development process and starting a nonprofit and researching, having that information and having patients fuel research led to this treatment. And when that treatment stopped, the the organization helped to find 
uh, and support the development of the next treatment. And that organization now has 17 treatments that has literally kept my sister alive for 24 years. That's amazing. It's, it's just mind blowing what a small group of dedicated people can accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, that's how Nord was founded was Mm -hmm. patients coming together and saying, nobody's developing drugs for rare diseases. They don't care because we're so rare. They literally called us orphans because there was no home for research. And when you bring people together, you can make a huge impact. And that's the same for policy. You know, 30 million is harder to reject than to say, oh, 10 people and 10 people are important. You know, don't get me wrong. If there's 10 people with a disease, absolutely. But bringing people together for legislative action, state level action, that's what NORD does. And we're trusted. We've been around for 40 years. So when we go to the Hill, uh, they see us and they know, oh, this is the voice of rare patients. And we do that all the time, supporting telehealth, which when coronavirus is over, the telehealth access may change because right now they're, it's being offered on it's sort of this emergency COVID basis that, you know, you can't travel, it's too risky. Well, telehealth is actually super helpful for rare disease patients. And we want to keep telehealth around a long time after COVID. Right. And, you know, we're, we're doing that work and representing all rare diseases and the patients. Uh, that's just one example that I think was really powerful. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll hear about Rare Disease Day and what it has to do with a zebra. Yep, a zebra. We'll be right back. Calling all Histia warriors, family members, and friends. Join us in beautiful Shenandoah National Park for the 13th annual Histio Hike Shenandoah, April 29th through the 30th. With three different trails, there is guaranteed a hike option for every member of the family. Visit histio.org slash histiohikeshenandoah to register. We look forward to seeing you on the trails. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Debbie Drell, Director of Membership for Nord. Stay tuned as we dive into some details about Rare Disease Day 2022. But before we do, let's hear from Max as he tells us his story about his experience with histiocytosis. Hi, my name is Megan, and this is my son, Max, and he's going to tell you about his journey with histiocytosis. Hi, my name is Max. I'm eight years old. When I was five, my parents noticed some changes in my eyes. They weren't working together like they used to. I went to see a lot of doctors. I had to get an MRI. My doctor told me and my parents I had a tumor in my skull. We went to see a neurosurgeon, and he told us he was going to take out the, the tumor through my nose. He said he would need a helper for the surgery, and that helper he wanted was my friend's dad. He's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Together, they removed the tumor. 
This tumor was caused by histiocytosis. I had to go through chemotherapy for six months, but I'm better now. The first couple of chemo treatments were hard, but it got better after a few times. My least favorite part was getting the tape taken off. My nurses were always kind and used a special tape for me. Right now, I enjoy video games, sports, and reading. I hope to help other kids to, that go through this by sharing my story. Max, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing your story with our Histio community. You are truly an inspiration. And now, part two of my interview with Debbie Drell. Kind of switching a little bit to Rare Disease Day and what that is and what it means. Um, Nord partners with Eurodis. You're, you're, how do you say that? Eurodis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eurordis, yeah. <laughs> Eurordis, okay. Um, to to bring us this um, thing that we call Rare Disease Day. So tell us a little bit about this partnership, kind of how it got started, um, what Rare Disease Day is, and why the date of Rare Disease Day is so significant. Yeah, so the rarest day of the year is the last day in February. It's a leap year, and once every four years, you know, it's February 29th, and we love that aspect. So the last day of February is when we celebrate Rare Disease Day. And Eurordis has a great connection to the communities uh, around the world, and so does Norden. We partnered with them. They started Rare Disease Day, I believe, in 2008. And um, Nord was quickly, you know, we quickly got on board a year or so afterwards. And the goal is global awareness, uh, activities around the world, legislative activities, and there's nothing like a bandwagon that gets people really wanting to get involved, knowing that they're part of something bigger. You know, when you're, it's a sort of collective action um, and it works. We get millions of hits uh, on videos that are produced collaboratively. We showcase what other com- other countries are doing. And the United States sponsor for Rare Disease Day is Nord. So um, we're trusted and the oldest in the country. And we tell all of our member organizations, you know, these are different ways you can get involved. We have this grassroots state level network called Rare Action Network. And I think we're getting close to 20,000 people all around the country that are involved. Yeah. So we, we just have these great networks that we can channel a lot of energy. And there's so many activities that are happening on Rare Disease Day. Great. So, can you share a little bit about what the impact of Rare Disease Day has been over the years? Yeah, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I can tell you from just being in the vantage point of uh, a staff member at Nord and a, and a community activist for my sister, that year after year, Rare Disease Day grows. So one year, someone who worked at a drug company said, hey, I my office is literally in Rockefeller Uh, center in New York, we could get the Empire State Building lit up potentially for Rare Disease Day. And that year, we didn't think it could happen because they're very hard to work with, but they literally have uh, a lease in the building. So they got the Empire State Building to get lit up. That means everyone in New York City, the 10 million people living there, you know, it it became a buzz in that city. The next year, because of that, it inspired us to do this whole light up for rare campaign. And the Coliseum was lit up. Um, 
I don't know if the Eiffel Tower was lit, but there were a lot of major monuments. Niagara Falls was lit up. Um, just incredible monuments around the world were lit up. And then when the pandemic happened, having these icons lit up felt something different, you know, because you can't leave your home, but you can see these things, you know, from around the world virtually. And we're all now living virtually. So, you know, we're traveling around the world virtually to visit our friends or to or work meetings or whatever. And we can literally travel around the world and see these buildings that are lit up. So Rare Disease Day continues to become more expansive. It continues to infiltrate communities in unique ways. It continues to inspire and share stories. Last year was focused on diversity and representation. And so there were so many different stories that were focused and shared throughout the month and a special video. So, you know, we know that Rare Disease Day trends on social media platforms, and that's where people are living right now for better or worse. Uh, so the significance, you know, statistically is increasing, but also I think it's profound, you know, how we can move hearts and minds to understand and to listen to these stories. Yeah. And, and seeing something lit up, especially when it's something like these um, so such famous buildings and monuments and things like that, it absolutely sparks conversation because people want to know why is it lit up that, you know, why is it this color right now? What is that representing? And it gets people talking. So it's definitely um, it makes a huge impact, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So the symbol of Rare Disease Day, I see, is a zebra. What is the significance of the zebra? Uh, such a good question. And it's it's so interesting um, what I learned, uh, the zebra, it's a concept taught in medical schools about symptoms that are common, where doctors see these symptoms and they think that they're a common condition. And so the analogy is, if you hear hoofbeats, you think horses, but sometimes it's a zebra. And so rare diseases are the medical zebras, where, and my sister's story is perfect, you know, she was had difficulty breathing and they said it's asthma. She was slowing down and they said lose weight. And all of these are little horses and really she's a zebra and you know zebras are really cute and stripes are fun. So you know we we weren't the first to adopt it. I think other communities also use the medical zebra as a icon, but it'll unify us. And we have a campaign, Share Your Stripes, uh, where you can show different, um, you know, how does your zebra look like for your community? What's unique uh, about your community? So we put a little, an extra twist on it last year and we're doing it again this year. Excellent. So that, that brings us into a little bit about um, some of the things that are, are happening for Rare Disease Day. What kinds of things are planned and how can people get involved and, and show their stripes? Yeah, I love that. Thank you for asking. Um, everyone has an opportunity to do something. So first, if you want to go to an event, we have this free, awesome event on Rare Disease Day, Monday, February 28th at 1.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, where patients are going to share their stories. We even have celebrity appearances. And then there's a chat box. So if you want to talk and chat, you can chat, you know, sort of a peanut gallery, just sort of talking throughout the event. And um I'm happy to share the link for the blog or the podcast notes. If you like, um, you can register for it. So that's one thing that's a pretty easy thing to do on the actual day. Um, but for those, you know, histio stories are important to share. And there's a lot of people who 
haven't heard him, haven't heard, you know, the unique ways that this disease touches people's lives. And we have a blog, we get 5 million visitors during the month of February. Mm-hmm. And so anyone from the histio community is welcome to share their story with us so that we can share it with the community and the whole world. So that's a, another way. And then, um, you know, we all live in different parts of the country and parts of the world. If there's a building that can be lit up, like last year we got the NIH to light up for rare, um, get your building lit up and we have more information on how you can do that. So, uh, and we even have a website that just has all sorts of things, uh, tool, um, coloring books, social media messages, Zoom backgrounds. You can even use a press release if you want to get local media, you know, tell your story to local media, tell your story on social media. You know, oftentimes we forget to, to tell it or we don't tell it or we don't think to tell it to our friends and family. And this is a good reason to say, hey, today is rare disease day. And this is a little bit about my disease. I'd like you to support the cause. So all of that information is on our rare disease website. Um, and we'll we'll share a link with you to share with your community. We'd love to have the Histio community really show up for all these different activities. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm sure that we will have many people who would be interested in participating in whatever way they can. And um, I think that that's one of the great things about this podcast is getting out the information that um, that people may may not know. That's what, that's kind of why we named it Beyond the Diagnosis. It's things that go beyond just what their disease is and how to treat it, but it it touches on ways to get involved and things that they can do to to fight back and to further the cause. So so thank you for providing those those resources for us. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for sharing them with your community. We'd love to have you guys join us. Great. So before we wrap up, is there, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you would like to say specifically to our Histio community? Yeah. um, We'd love for you to consider joining us in any way. Um, If you visit rarediseases.org, you can learn about Rare Disease Day. You can learn about the Rare Action Network if you want to get involved in state awareness and advocacy. There's just so many things that we can offer to individuals living with rare diseases, the medical alert bracelet. We even have funding for attending rare disease educational events. So, you know, I would just welcome people to join us, visit our website, see what works can support you in your journey and um, keep the fight up. And uh, thank you for, for all you do. Great. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I think that this has been really educational. And I think that you've provided a lot of information that our histio patients can can take and run with and different things to explore. And I'm excited to see what our response is to this episode. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been great. So there you have it. What a powerful episode. It's incredible to think that nearly one in 10 Americans struggles with a rare disease. But as we like to say on this podcast, you are not alone. You do not have to travel your journey by yourself, and I hope this episode serves as an encouragement to you that together we are strong. Nord is such a great example of that. Like Debbie said, 30 million affected Americans cannot be ignored, so be sure to use your voice and share your stripes on Rare Disease Day, Monday, February 28th, the rarest day of the year, where the goal is global awareness via legislative activities around the world. It is truly collective action that works. 
Remember, nearly 5 million people visit Nord's blog throughout the month of February, so never doubt that your story can make a huge impact. And be sure to visit Nord's website, linked in the show notes. They provide patient assistance programs that support millions of dollars in patient access to clinical trials, medical care and caregiver respite support, free medical alert bracelets, among many other services and resources. As Margaret Mead, the American cultural anthropologist and author, once said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. This is the very reason that Rare Disease Day exists. So I encourage you today, go out and change your world and the world of millions of other rare disease patients. I hope you found value in today's episode and are encouraged to share your story and get involved in Rare Disease Day 2022. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you are notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.